I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. And this one is some of my final thoughts ahead of the game week 22 deadline. And for this one, I've basically gone through a bunch of your questions and given you my opinion. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And let's jump into it. So first question, have we missed the boat on Richarlison? And I think the answer is probably not. But it does depend on a few different factors, one of which is going to be how are you going to manage double game week 25 and blank game week 26? Because the next four matches for Spurs are pretty good. They've got three home games in the next four. So Brentford at home, Everton away, Brighton at home and Wolves at home. But then they blank in game week 26. So let's just assume the Liverpool double is definitely going to go into 25. If you're looking at your current squad and you've got Pedro Porro and you want to add three more outfield Liverpool players, then you've got four players that are going to definitely blank in 26. And if you add Richarlison to the mix, that's then five. So you're just adding extra transfers later on down the line, especially if you don't want to free hit that week or in 25. That's something that you've got to consider. So how much of an issue is Richarlison going to be for you later on? If the decision is between, say, Richarlison and Foden, I think I would just take the double game week and the fact that Man City don't blank in 26 and go for Foden instead. If you've got a different way to manage it, then you could look at Richarlison. Longer term, and we are getting a bit ahead of ourselves, Spurs definitely play in game week 29. So for those of you without a free hit, for example, that just need to manage the next few game weeks, if you were looking at Jota versus Richarlison, well, yes, Liverpool will probably double in 25. But if they go the fifth uh, through the fifth round of the FA Cup, which is likely to happen, they would then blank in 29. So between game weeks 22 and 29, in that scenario, Spurs would have the same number of fixtures as Liverpool. And if you think long-term, Richarlison's going to get more minutes than Jota, it might actually make more sense to get him now. So there's a few things to consider there. You also need to decide how much or how likely you think it is that he remains a decent FPL pick in general. In the short term, I've already spoken a lot about the fact that He's probably got penalties without Son. His minutes are going to be great. His underlying numbers are really good as well. But long term, will that continue? He'll lose penalties to Son. 
And will the fact that Spurs are getting all their players back fit reduce Richarlison's minutes? For what it's worth, I think he is first choice number nine right now and will continue to play that even when Son's back with Werner in the squad as well. But it does mean he could get subbed off a bit earlier. I do think with the fixtures that Spurs have got, and the underlying numbers, and his price as well. He's not that expensive. He's only, let me just check here, 7 million. I think he's all-round good FPL pick, and maybe actually a little bit underrated in some ways, but it all depends on how much of an issue he's going to be for you around game week 26. So I don't think you've missed the boat. The next four fixtures are good. His underlying numbers are decent. Son's still away in the Asian Cup as well, though that might change if South Korea lose to Japan. We'll have to wait and see. But overall, I like him. You just have to think a bit further forward when you're choosing whether to bring him in. So what are the chances the Bournemouth versus Luton double game week happens before game week 29? And it is possible, but I think it's quite unlikely. When I'm looking at plans for my team, I'm not really factoring in this game going in anytime soon. And the reason that it's unlikely is that Bournemouth and Luton are not in Europe. So later on in the season, there's a few free midweeks where they can play this fixture. There's not such a rush to get it rearranged. Whereas with Liverpool versus Luton, the reason that everyone is so confident that's going to go into game week 25 is because Liverpool are still in the FA Cup and they're also in Europe as well. So later on in the season, there's not going to be so many free midweeks to get that game rearranged. Whereas with Bournemouth and Luton, there's just not that rush. I have seen some people speculate that it could go into game week 28 and that would be interesting because that would give a double game week of Sheffield United at home and Luton at home for Bournemouth and definitely make Solanke triple captain material. But I don't think it's that likely to happen. And when I've listened to James on Planet FPL, read what Ben Credin's tweeting about as well, they don't seem to be saying that there's very much likelihood of that happening either. And they would definitely know um, a lot more than me. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. If you're asking because of Solanke, which I know some people are thinking about possibly selling him, I think you try and keep him in your team as much, sorry, as long as possible, basically. So if you've got no real reason to sell him, then I guess the best course of action is to hold on to him just in case it gets rearranged. But if there's a good move that you want to make, like if you want to do Solanke to Darwin before the double or something like that, I wouldn't let the possible chance of this loot and double going in stop you from doing that. Like if we look at Bournemouth's next few fixtures, like West Ham away, Forest at home, Fulham away, 22 to 24, is pretty good. I just don't really see a rush to get rid of him. Like, even if you wanted to do Solanke to Darwin, you could wait until game week 25 to do it because then Solanke's got Newcastle away, Man City at home in 25 and 26. And if that double's not happening, then it's not so much of an issue to get rid of him. Like, in my team, I've got Alvarez, Watkins, and Solanke. And if I thought that with Haaland back, Alvarez would continue getting good minutes, I probably would sell Watkins or Solanke for Haaland instead and keep Alvarez for the double. But I just don't think his minutes are going to continue to be good. So for me, it just makes sense to keep hold of Solanke just in case that double, double gets put in. And if not, I can just worry about that down the line. By the way, I think in general, like Solanke's a pretty decent hold because you've got those next three fixtures, which aren't bad. Newcastle away and Man City at home aren't necessarily ideal, but then it's Burnley away in 27 and Sheffield United at home in 28. So even if the double doesn't go into 28, You've still got a good fixture, and then potentially the Bournemouth versus Wolves game could be on in 29, but it would involve both Leicester and Brighton winning away from home against Wolves and uh, Bournemouth, respectively, in the FA Cup. So I'm not sure if that's why the question is being asked, but 
I think for Solanke, for most people, it's just worth holding on to. Could that double happen before 29? Possibly, but it's not very likely. So is it worth using bench boost this week? My bench is Dubravka, Gabriel, Gordon, and Solanke. Now, I'll come on to that specific bench in a minute. Just general thoughts on the chip first of all. If you've got a really good bench in a single game week anytime soon, and you're confident that all 15 of your players are going to play, I would be tempted to use the chip so that you don't have to plan for it later on. Now, I'm not one of those people that thinks the bench boost chip is useless and they just want it out of the way as soon as possible, but it could be a pretty tricky chip to use this season because of the way the doubles are going to fall. So some people are going to consider using it in game week 25, and I will look at that as well. But I just think the number of transfers to get to a good bench boost and then to also manage 26 is going to be quite difficult. And then the other game week people are going to look at is double game week 37. The problem that could happen, not guaranteed, but could happen, is that most people are going to wildcard around game weeks 30 or 31, or potentially even earlier. And that's a long gap between when you wildcard and then when you bench boost. You don't necessarily want to have to use a bunch of transfers to fix your bench later on, whilst also possibly dealing with players in cup competitions and so getting rotated or obviously possible injuries as well it might be that you get to game week 37 everything's perfect you have a great double game week bench and every single one of your players plays twice that's in your squad and on your bench but it's not necessarily going to work out that way and that's why a lot of people um, actually use their bench moves very early on this season because they kind of predicted that later on it'd be quite difficult to use and right now that's looking the case so I think if you've got a good single game week bench, I wouldn't rule it out. Ideally, you want to use it on four double game week players, but that's not always possible. And as I've said many times before, I think my last three seasons, I have not bench boosted with a full double game week bench because it just hasn't worked out that way. My preference is to either use it before you wildcard and then wildcard out of it or use it very quickly after you wildcard. And wildcarding in 30, then bench boosting in 37, there are plenty of things that could go wrong, but like I said, not a guarantee. Coming back to this bench, I think that's pretty close, right? Because let me just remind myself of the fixtures. Yeah, of course, Dubravka and Gordon have got Villa away, Solanke's West Ham away, and Gabriel is Forest away. Now, I'm recording this before Mikel Arteta's press conference. If he says Gabriel's out, then of course you don't bench boost this at all. But if he's fit, I think it's pretty close. The only thing that would put me off is it's all away fixtures. But generally, I think you've got four players that you could quite easily put into most people's first 11 this week. Like if you had any of the, what I'm trying to say is if you had any of those four players in your first 11 this week, it really wouldn't be the end of the world. So I think that's a pretty good bench. And if you're struggling for where you're going to use it later on, I don't think it would be the worst decision to kind of use it now. I've just not yet got into a position for my own bench where I'd want to use it. Like right now, I've got... Saliba and Dubravka, but then Charlie Taylor against Man City away, who's flagged, and Salah, who I'm going to have to sell. Now, if I sell Salah for Foden, I'd have a pretty similar bench to the person who's asking this question, but I'd also still have Charlie Taylor. And for me, it's not worth using an extra transfer just to bench boost when I've still got Harland and players like that to think about as well. So I'm all for using it in a single game week, or at least with a couple of single game week players if needed, but it's got to be the right week and the right kind of squad setup. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So should we buy Kyle Walker or Pedro Porro in game week 22? And I think if all things were equal in terms of minutes and fixtures, you'd almost certainly choose Porro. At least I would, because as much as... Man City are probably slightly more likely to keep a clean sheet. I would definitely take Poirot's attacking potential um, over Kyle Walker. But as we know, all things aren't equal. And between now and game week 26, Man City have got two extra fixtures over Spurs. And for that reason alone, I would almost certainly buy Kyle Walker. If I didn't have either of these players and I needed to bring in one of them in game week 22, I would pick Walker. For the next three game weeks, there is potential that that decision could hurt. Because as we've already spoken about with Richarlison, Spurs have got Brentford at home, Everton away, and Brighton at home. They could pick up one, maybe two clean sheets. You know, attacker returns from Porro. He could absolutely outscore Kyle Walker. But Walker's then got the double in 25, so one extra fixture there. And Man City playing game week 26 when Spurs don't. And I think overall, those two extra fixtures would just swing it for me. It's not that Kyle Walker can't get attacking returns, of course, right? He's got two assists this season. But he's nowhere near as attacking as Parry. We know that. But I just think City's defense is better. And it's not just two extra fixtures. The fixtures for Man City are pretty good, right? They've got Burnley at home, Brentford away, Everton at home, Chelsea at home, Brentford at home, and Bournemouth away. So only two of the next six are away from home. And we know how good that defense can be anyway. So I love Pedro Parry. I've got him in my team. No plans to sell him anytime soon. But if I was buying new, Walker would probably be the one. So similar question, who would you buy this week? Trent Alexander-Arnold or Kyle Walker? And is it worth buying Trent in game week 24 if you've got to sell him again by game week 26? So just on the first point, I think I would go for Trent. Now the conversation is quite similar between Walker and Porro in that the Man City, probably slightly better defense. They've also got one extra fixture over Liverpool between now and 26 because although Liverpool like Spurs blank in game week 26, they do have that double in 25. But I just think with Burnley at home in 24 and then a double for Liverpool that would be Brentford away and Luton at home, I just wouldn't want to go without Trent. And I think given that it's only one fixture difference, in this case, I would take that attacking potential from Trent and just go for him instead. I don't think Chelsea at home this week is that bad for Liverpool players in general. It's not great. It could be better, but it's not awful. Arsenal away is much trickier in game week 23. But outside of that, I think Liverpool's fixtures between now and 25 are pretty decent and I think Trent is just so good that I would go for him over Walker and I probably would buy him in 24 even if I had to sell him again in 26 because we know the kind of damage he can do in just a couple of game weeks I think given that he got minutes against Norwich and he hasn't been out that long I'm expecting him to come back in against Chelsea and then just play all the matches it's worth saying that after the game in 25 they do have the Carabao Cup final and Connor Bradley has been playing pretty well in Trent's absence. So it might be that Klopp rests Trent a little bit more than normal. But I still think he's a bit like Salah, that when he's available, he's going to play pretty much every game. And he's just so good, like one of Liverpool's best options for the double that I would want to go for him. So what's the minimum number of players you would want for game week 29 before you'd consider not using the free hit chip? And obviously, we're still quite far away from game week 29, and we don't know exactly which fixtures are going to be on or off. We're just guessing from the FA Cup fifth round draw. But I know people want to start thinking about this stuff, which is why I've included the question. Now, if I had to pick a number, the one that comes to me is probably seven. Like If I had seven of the core template for a free hit, 
then I would consider not using the chip. And I mean seven with minimal transfers, right? If you've got three of those seven and you've got to take like a minus eight or a minus 12 to get up to seven, at that point, you're probably just using the free hit chip. But if we go back to yesterday's video, when I was saying that there's four fixtures that are almost certainly going to be on, and let's say that Villa beat Chelsea in the FA Cup, if Spurs and, uh, sorry, if Arsenal and Chelsea are both playing and Spurs and Brentford, and you've got six or seven players from those teams, and they're the key players as well. So let's just say Saka Palmer, you know, maybe even Song could be an option soon, Pedro Porro, et cetera, maybe an Arsenal defender, and you've got seven of those, you're probably quite close to not having to use the free uh, hit chip, especially if you think that later on that free hit could come in really handy, like in a double game week or something like that. So I'm definitely not against putting off using it even longer but if you need multiple transfers and hits just to manage that one game week and that's also detrimental to the game weeks before that you might as well just use the free hit chip even though it's not that exciting to use it in a blank game week it can be very useful i think people still underrate how valuable it can be in a blank game week also don't completely write off how valuable having four extra players can be because not only will you have more than those seven players You've got the best ones as well. So you might have seven, but you might not consider them the best seven to have. So you can fix that. Plus you get four extra. At a minimum, hopefully that's eight extra points. Plus you've got a bench in case something goes wrong after the deadline. So there's more than just having seven players, right? There's more that a free hit gives you outside of that. I can give you a better answer, hopefully, as we get closer to game week 29. But for now, if you've got seven or eight of those core players that you think are going to play in 29, that's probably a good starting point to where you could consider using the free hit somewhere else instead. So I'm actually going to leave that one there. Hopefully you found it useful and enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to hit that like button and subscribe as well. I'm trying to hit 400,000 subscribers before the end of the season. And if you listen on podcast, please do make sure to rate five stars. The deadline for game week 22 is tonight at six o'clock UK time. So don't miss that. I will be starting the deadline stream about half four UK time. So make sure to tune in for that as well. Otherwise, I'll catch you for the content later on this week for game week 23. Sports Social Podcast Network.